right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Speculative Work. I'm James Aaron, and this is my science fiction author's diary, where I share what I've been thinking about for the past week, things I've learned and mistakes I've made, so that hopefully you don't make them too. When I say things I've been thinking about for the past week, um, unfortunately, I have to do one of those episodes where I say I apologize for the hiatus. And if you're listening to this this episode... <laughs> I really appreciate you sticking with me, and hopefully it didn't come as too much of a surprise when this popped back up in your podcast app or RSS feed, but it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I really, I have a lot of respect for writers that stick with these kinds of diaries for a long period of time, because I think it's a great demonstration of the fact that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're going to be successful, if you're going to stick with this, um, you just got to, you got to do it. And sometimes that means life gets in the way, but it's all about coming back to the work, right? You can't, if, uh, you know, they say you let things go one day, one day is a cheat, two days is a, a new habit. Um, well, I think the last episode I posted was back in July of 2019 and now we're in April, almost May of 2020. So some things have happened in my life. The last time, so to give an update, uh, I think the last episode, if you were listening chronologically, I was talking about um, finishing up the Spreading Fire, the next book in the Sentience Wars um, one series that I've been working on with Mal Cooper. And I was also talking about getting ready to take a new job. And that was going to be a big transition for me professionally with the other track of my career, which has always been somewhat, uh, enterprise security related. I've been doing, you know, security design, security management for almost 15 years. I mean, if you count my time in the army, you know, and even before then probably 20 years of experience with looking at organizations from a systematic perspective and developing, you know, safety and security culture and things like that. Well, I was going to shift into kind of an adjacent field. And when I recorded that episode, I think I was getting ready to, I had applied for the job. I'd been accepted. I had an interview and, um, and yeah, it looked like, you know, it could be a positive change because it looked like there were going to be, um, some good things around that as far as training and, things of that nature. <laughs> and it was going to be in the same organization that I'd been with uh, for almost 10 years. So it wasn't a huge jump, but it was going to be into a different a different track. And it just turned out to be a really bad fit. The job was just very different than I expected it to be. And I realized really quickly that this was not going to be a good fit. And I had to make a decision. And I'll be honest, if I had not been writing and bringing in income like I I had been for the past four years, it would have been, um, probably a much more difficult decision than it was, or I would have just needed to stick it out until I found something in a similar field. Um, or maybe even not, you know, if I had to go back into retail management or, you know, I spent five years with target and not excited to do that again, if I don't have to, <laughs> there, there are things I like about retail, but they're mostly all people related and you can get those, those sorts of things in other places. Um, so long story short, my last day with uh, the organization I've been with um, for almost 10 years was February 5th. And since then, I've been working from home. Um, I got a new publishing contract 
that happened probably around fall time frame. And I'm just about to, I'm working on the last book in a four book series for variant publishing, which was galactic law. And, and yeah, things are going pretty well. It's, it's been a drop in income for the family, but after a lot of, you know, talking with my wife about it and her needing, you know, we have, our daughter's about to turn two and she was definitely, my wife was in a place where she could use some assistance at home with, uh, with a toddler. And so it's really worked out really well. I've been able to be at home and help out, just be around our daughter more. I had time to kind of get everything squared away as far as health insurance and, and all that stuff before the pandemic set in. <laughs> and I'm in Oregon. We shut everything down pretty early. And, you know, Oregon only has 4 million people in the state. And all those people are pretty much consolidated in like the Willamette Valley, which is kind of this, you know, the west side of the state. Eastern Oregon is really not very populated at all. Uh, It's mostly federal land and like agriculture and stuff like that. So we've been really lucky. And, but from because I was working from home anyway, I really didn't have to change a whole lot about our lifestyle. And I had been working on kind of changing, we had been working as a family on kind of changing the way that we eat and things like that anyway. So that meant not going to the store as much. Um, now that I had time, I've been working on doing more gardening and things like that. Um, but it's been, we've just been really fortunate with all this, <laughs> all this stuff that's been happening. And I hope, I hope you were doing okay. If you know, whatever part of the country or the world you're in. Um, I hope that you and your family are safe as much as possible. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of memes floating around about you should, all the things you should be getting done during this time or the things you shouldn't be getting, you know, shouldn't stress yourself out about getting done. And I think we just have to get through this, you know, it's a time of change for everyone. And one thing I have talked about quite a bit in the past, I think is just, we overall live in a time of change. Technology is constantly changing. Our political situation is always changing, you know, and and that's hard. It's really hard to be creative when all that stuff is going on. And now this is going on. And so if you had a little bit of time during the day when you were writing and now you're taking care of kids or doing caregiving or just cooking and cleaning and, you know, managing the house a lot more than you had before, those are all changes. And it's hard to be creative among all that change, you know, um, a few of the things that have really helped me during all this time, because I, I had gotten some feedback about, you know, writers that go full time and start working from home. And I think this is probably true of any industry that where you work from home is that that's a big change and you have to be self-driven if you're going to get your, um, your goals done. Because a lot of people, when they, they go full-time, their productivity immediately drops. And one of the things that they often say is, well, I was much more productive when I was working a full job. And while that hasn't been the case for me, what has helped me make it happen is deadlines and having some pretty aggressive deadlines. And I've really tried to be focused on being systematic about my output, really looking at where I can get the most work done, how I can get that work done. Because I've, I've had to change a number of the ways that I was working that are different than how I was doing it before. Like even working with the new publisher, Variant, they have a very different process than Mal Cooper and Wooden Pen Press have. And so working with that, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, has been um, 
a challenge, but a good challenge. It's something that's really kept me kept me focused. One thing I started doing in December was building an office in my backyard. And so it's a, it's a 10 by 12 building with a, at the highest point, it's 11 feet. Um, in my area, you can build this kind of thing without any sort of code. Um, so that was good. It's just considered an outbuilding. I did learn a lot of really good lessons around planning when it comes to like standard sizes of things like plywood and four two by fours. And I probably could have saved myself a lot of, um, you know, grief if I had done a 12 by 12 building or something like that, which I could have done, but you know, oh, well, live and you live and you learn, but got the building set up, got a floor in it. I, you know, the walls, I went with a uh, kind of plywood that I can, you know, drill holes into and whatnot. It's not a big deal. Got all my bookshelves moved out here and, and books, got a desk set up, my walking treadmill, all that good stuff. So basically I have, I have a place to work because I, I knew that if I was going to work from home, I would need a place. And while I had been doing some work at a co co-working space, which worked well for me, I'm actually really glad that I did this because now with all the co-working spaces closed down, um, I have a place to come. It's still a challenge because, you know, my daughter, she's super cute. She wants to come out and knock on the door and see what daddy's up to. And I've got some plants in here, starts and things that I've been working on for the garden and she wants to water them. And, um, that's can be distracting. And then anytime I go in the house to get coffee or use the bathroom or something like that, that could go from being a five minute break to a 15 or 20 minute break, depending on, you know, what help my wife might need with, with the baby. So those are all things that were working out. And one of the reasons I want to jump back into this podcast is because I really want to give my weeks more of a shape and because time has changed very much for us. Like unless I have something to do outside the house, it's, there's nothing to say that it's Monday, Tuesday or Sunday or whatever, you know, it's, that's been a really interesting shift. Like the, the shape of our weeks is actually kind of around how the weather is going to be and what we can get done in the yard. And so we plan around that, which I'm not complaining at all. That's awesome. Um, but it, uh, it's, it's just different. So so I want to be able to do more like on Monday, establish what my goals are for the week and then assess that, you know, come Friday or Saturday. I have been working every day, some days more than others, but that's also been kind of a shift. Like the amount that I work or spend focused on work has increased. And it's, it's also been different where I'm not splitting my brain power, where I might be thinking about something at the old, jo- you know, at the old job, I'd be th- thinking about a project or something that needed to be done. And then I'd have to shift gears and think about uh, a book, characters, all that good stuff. Well, now all I'm doing is focusing on the work and that that's been good. It's taken, it's different, but it, I've really appreciated that I can do that. Um, other things, let's see. So, so that's kind of working from home and I'm, I'm liking it a lot so far. I really like this pace of life. I highly recommend it to anyone that might be thinking about it. Or if you've got, you know, a chance now, if one, one outcome out of the pandemic might be that you enjoy being at home. Um, I could see that if I was going to go back to work, I'd really want to find some kind of job that I could do from home anyway. So we'll see. Um, Otherwise, other things happening during the pandemic, uh, we've been, my wife's been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I have a character in Animal Crossing. <laughs> so when she's done putting the baby to bed, I play for like an hour and get my, um, 
do little things that you need to do in the game to get your your points and your money. And I do think that Animal Crossing is... I always thought of it as kind of a grind fest, you know, as far as getting... You're building up your character and your place to live and all that. But I think it's a really good lesson, actually, in having a plan and executing it over time. Because it's this kind of game. I've never really played this kind of game before. You could play this for years. I could see people are probably still playing the Nintendo 64 version of it. I would honestly believe. Um, because you just do little things each day. You probably get bored after about a couple hours at the most. And then it's just relaxing running around with your little character. And so it's kind of the perfect game for this time while people are stuck inside and he gets tired of watching TV or watching the news. We've gotten tired of doing that. So it's, it's been actually kind of therapeutic for us. <laughs> so the new publisher, I'm working with variant publishing now, and that is Jeff Cheney's publishing house that he has built out of the success that he had with renegade star. And he's brought on editors and, um, other, another set of writers, and they have a process that I think works really well. And as they're in a, a very new place, branching out with series and different concepts, they're using a lot of those same methods that brought success with Renegade Star and Scott Moon's Reaper series and also Chris Hopper's Ruins of the Galaxy to try different things, just like any publisher would. But I think doing it in a much more directed way and also with a focus on they have a you know they have a Facebook group now that has some almost 6000 people in it and it's a lot of great direct feedback on different projects so that helps you kind of guide yourself as you're thinking of different ideas and um you know our, our goal is to sell books but also write satisfying stories and I'm, i am feel really fortunate to be part of it so far like we've the Galactic Law series was co-authored that had both uh, Jeff and I's names on it, but I am in the planning stages of my own series that will be coming out probably last, you know, later part of this year that will be just under my name. Um, but I'm using the same process that we've done for the other books. So basically what we do is kind of an idea process where you have an idea, you write out about a 4,000 word outline that goes through the characters, the general beats of a series, and then mapping out a book one. And then that goes to a couple different folks for some feedback and what they think, you know, what the readers might like or not like, and then you can flesh that out. And one of the things I'm realizing from this process is it really helps you see if an idea has legs, at least for me or not. Because once I devote the time to doing that, if I'm kind of done with the idea, then I realize, okay, this isn't, um, not something I want to go ahead with, or it helps me realize what it is that was really interesting to me about the idea. Like maybe it's not the world building. It was the characters, um, you know, or I realize that this is something that could only be done in a certain way because of the thing that appealed to me about it. Then we go through an outline outlining process where we primarily use Larry Brooks's, um, story, uh, outline that he uses, which is a four part, um, breakdown of story and break i like to get things down into about the 2000 word or three scene level somewhere in there and you basically just go through the whole story and then have an editor come back after you and give you feedback or ask questions about each section and how 
the character actions and motivations tie back into the character profiles that, that you've written up above. And it's a really good exercise in seeing someone else asking the, you know, why is it like this? Why is this happening? Why do they do this? And at first you have to, you have to really put your, uh, you know, put your humble hat on and realize that if you didn't put something on the page, like people can't read your mind. And it's the same, it's the same way in a story, but we just, we often forget that. So this process helps you really nail down how the story is going to work, why certain things happen, when certain, certain things should happen in the story to be most satisfying to the reader. And then if there are parts that are, are going to move too slow, things like that. And then do you have a good arc? Will you have a, a satisfying, um, you know, plot in the, in the story? And, and so far, at least for the other books I've done this way, it's been, it's worked really well. Uh, the books that one, you know, you, you can just see the, how the process kind of plays out as you work through all of it, you write the book, the editor goes through, you know, another editor goes through the book and you can see how that process is a lot more smooth because of the really deep outlining that we did and the process we went through. And then it's reflected in the reviews when the readers are satisfied by what they read. So I've been, it's been good. I've, it's been working out well. Um, I'll keep you posted on how things go that way. Um, and then another project that I'm working on is I wanted to do a podcast that would be focused on readers. And so I bought classicsciencefiction.com, the URL. I was kind of surprised that it was available, but I've been doing the, what I call the classic science fiction podcast. And originally my idea was to do stories that were published before the year 2000, but I've adjusted that a bit because I like even finding stories that are in old magazines and things like that. Like I just, I'm just not comfortable with the copyright. Exactly. I, I think it's really cool to find stories that maybe, you know, that old copy of 1980, January, 1985 analog was the only place that story ever saw print, but it's just still too sticky as far as what the actual copyright is on that story. And I don't have time to contact writers and try and figure things out. And one thing I've noticed is some people like they're not writing actively anymore. And so you can't find them. Um, and then also I've gotten into reading some stories that just, I don't want to, I don't want to put out the podcast of what I read. So it, it's more like I wanted to do something that would be for readers and also, you know, expand my reading because I, have not been doing enough reading. And when I do sit down to read something, I'm so easily distracted by all the other junk that's going on, not to mention, you know, having a toddler running around that reading it out loud helps me really focus on the story. So that I would say is positive. I would recommend that to anyone. If you're going to read something that you really want to pay attention to sit down with it and read it out loud. And you'll see, you start to pick up all the places where it doesn't flow as smoothly as it could you know, and doing it with your own writing is one thing, but it's useful to me to read other people's things. And, you know, I get a better sense of what, you know, with older stories, you kind of get a sense of how things have changed and how just ideas in the characters, science. It is really interesting to read stories where, you know, people don't have cell phones. People have to find a pay phone to do something. Um, computers, are specific to what they provide or the story has some crazy ideas about what a computer will be capable of, you know, in the year 2020, because we should all have jetpacks and be living on the moon. Right. So, so for that, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going on with, it. I really haven't, um, advertised the podcast yet. Cause I wanted to get a sense of it. 
So I'm probably going to move forward with the stuff that I publish will most likely just be things that are no longer in copyright. So I've been finding, and then, you know, there's a lot of stories out there up through the sixties that um, are good stories that I can read. And then I'll probably do one story a week like that. And then just for my own personal development, read a newer story, Um, you know, stuff that is more worth reading, I guess. I don't know how to put that, but that's how I'm going to keep moving forward with that. It, when I did include a story in my newsletter, the click through on it was huge. So that was definitely a really cool thing. Um, I think people, you know, they say that podcast listening is down right now and there's a bunch of reasons for that, but I think people are looking for entertainment. So that was something that seemed to work pretty well. Um, so yeah, I'll keep you posted on how that, how that turns out. Um, you know, what have I learned in this hiatus? Um, I, one of the biggest things that allowed me to make this change was being focused on, um, you know, personal finance. And if I hadn't been really digging into our budget, if I hadn't already been focused on paying off all of our debt and things like that, getting our cost of living as low as possible, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Like I, you know, I paid off my truck. I'd been paying off a bunch of credit card bills. We paid off the car. So really our only uh, expenses are the house, the mortgage, our utilities. And, and that's it, which is, um, allowed us to, you know, I can save up less money and it will last us longer. That's definitely been a positive, you know, I'm, I'm still not, I don't have warm and fuzzy feelings about health insurance and the way that goes right now, but we've got enough saved up to cover, you know, an annual deductible at least. And then I got a plan that we can put that into a health savings account so you can carry that from year to year. But still, it's like, it feels like we're really incentivized not to use the health insurance. And I I don't like that because I, I think preventive care is really important. But, but overall, if I didn't have a handle on these things, like at least knowing what it costs us to live, how much we spend on groceries, what we spend on entertainment, all those things where, you know, where I like to spend money, um, then I wouldn't be in the situation I'd be in. I would have had to find another job and I'd just still be doing the things I was doing before. So, you know, and I'm not, it's entirely possible I could have to get another job at some point. You know, everything is about income and one thing about this kind of business is I have to plan our finances on an annual basis. I really have to think about, okay, if we did good this year, that's fine. But do I have enough to carry us for a whole year if I didn't have income next year? And can I see where the money is going so I can make decisions where if I do need to get a job, it's time to start looking now, not wait 90 days or 180 days to start, start looking, you know, so personal, having personal finance, um, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm perfect or anything, but having that squared away helped a lot and some great resources. Um, the Bogleheads personal finance forums are awesome. I would definitely check those out. Reddit, the, um, the personal finance subreddit is an amazing resource and there are subreddits for everyone, depending on where they are. Like if you're just trying to pay off debt, there's a subreddit for that. And there's, if you go to the, you know, reddit.com slash r slash personal finance along the right hand side they have links to all the sister subreddits that you can look at there's one for you know cooking on a budget or there's cooking on a budget and then there's cooking on like poverty i think they i think it's called poverty finance um you know or poverty cooking that kind of thing because sometimes the 
decisions you make when you don't have any money at all are very different than what you do when you're just trying to get hold of your finances. Um, but that's a huge resource and has been a big, um, a big help to me. Uh, other things. So switching, and this kind of gets into what I'm working on right now. You know, I switched away from the sentience wars to focus on this new opportunity I had with this new series. And so I've spent about eight months away from these characters and the setting and basically just what was going to happen next, you know, the thread of the story. And so it's been a real challenge to get back into that. And the thing I'm working on right now is I'm actually just reading through the last book and I'm making my own notes on each chapter, writing a new summary. And yeah, I already had that before, but now I'm using the new format that I've been working through and I'm using that for the next book. And really it makes it easy that if I needed to skip ahead or write different parts at different times, everything is in there to make it easier to do that. And so I can get much higher word counts when I do that kind of thing, but it's just helped me get back into the headspace that I need to be in. And I'd already written an outline for Galactic Law 4, but I may have to do something similar to that when I'm done with this project to be able to get back into into that headspace to to move forward. Um, so yeah, I'll keep you posted on how that, how that works out, but that's my big project this week. And then I need to get into some heavy word counts to, to get that project all finished up. I'd already written about 30,000 words of the book before I shifted gears. So it's kind of getting back into what I'd written. Does it work? Not work. And then just get, you know, redraft the, or draft the new stuff so I can get this book knocked out. Cause I need to get back into galactic law, um, in the beginning, actually by the end of next week, so I can get that knocked out because we've got a um, pretty aggressive publishing schedule on that to get the that last book done. Um, and then what I've learned from working working from home, um, I, you know, talking about for me, deadlines are incredibly important, and having deadlines, communicating those deadlines, talking with people about it, so I'm not you know every day, it's not like I can slack right every day. There's something that needs to be done. And even while I'm working from home, one thing I've been doing is filling in my Google calendar as if it was my regular day job schedule, right? So every hour almost there's something that needs to be done. And that helps me communicate with my wife as well, because she can look at that and see at least what, at least what my plan is. Um, you know, when I, we were doing paper checklists for a while and we're not doing that as much more because I got a lot of projects done that I wanted to get done or I needed to get done so I could move out into the office and we're done with that. But that's that calendar is still a tool that we use to make sure we're both in the same sheet of music with, you know, with the week. So that's been a big help as well. Um, and then this, you know, this podcast is something I'm doing to, like I said, bring more, uh, form to my week. I'll talk, I think in the next episode about what my goals are moving forward for the rest of the year, because it's shifted now that I'm, I'm working for myself and, and working with two publishers between Wooden Pen and Variant. But I'm realizing there are some things I need to make happen, which have been a challenge for me um, as far as publishing some stuff on my own, just so I can keep my skills up in that arena. And then also I'm still part of my critique group and I've learned some things, you know, from being part of that, especially during, um, you know, while my friends who are mostly traditionally published are what they're going through right now. So that'll be interesting to talk about as well. So, okay. I want to keep this short and sweet. 
I really appreciate you continuing to listen and I hope I can say things that are of value in the future. <laughs> and this, this is valuable to me and I hope it'll be valuable for you. Uh, my goal for the rest of this week, uh, which I'll be checking back in on is finishing the out, um, really nailing down the outline for fire upon the worlds. And then I need to get 40,000 more words done, which I have gotten up to 10,000 word days pretty easily when I've got a good outline. So I'm just getting that squared away and finished. I'm going to read two short stories, an old one for the classic science fiction podcast, and then a newer one. Um, I don't know what I'll read yet, but we'll see what appeals to me. I'll finish a classic science fiction episode of the podcast. And then I've got a bunch of yard work I need to get done. So <laughs> tomorrow is our, uh, one of our sunny days this week. And I'm going to try and get all, all that done. We got some new baby chicks that uh, have been growing like crazy. And I want to be able to let them run around in the yard. And right now the, gla- the grass is too high for that. So I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on how that works out. Okay, so until next week, thank you very much for listening. And I wish you happy writing. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.